0: Brad Lonely's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 349. That's just one show away from a milestone number, isn't Aha! it? Ah! March 25th, 2020. 78 degrees was the high on this day in 1939, and it was five below in 1940. And uh, no ice out dates for Minnetaka or White Bear that I can find in the archives.
1: And now, from the mayor's office.
0: We've been wondering where members of the Salon have been. I called the mayor's office in St. Paul this morning. No answer. Uh, But I am reading here in a Pioneer Press piece uh, that was published today that uh, they are teleconferencing. Uh, St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter is teleconferencing, uh, as they all are, apparently. And he's he's going to announce... Uh, some sort of emergency loan program to help St. Paul's small businesses. Uh, I continue to find it uh, interesting that they're remaining essentially silent uh, in terms of the of the of the pandemic because mm-hmm. they 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 have to realize that that their ideas are being proven uh, folly as we speak and as this uh, as this epidemic continues, you know. I, I, I grow weary of the people who tell me I'm missing the golden age of television, a second golden age of television. Uh, Patrick is among them. He's constantly advising something to watch <laughs> on Netflix. And uh, one of them was something called Shits Creek, S-C-H-I-T-T, apostrophe S. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh, I tried it last night, and I got season one, episode one. Uh, I made it 15 minutes. Tell, what the uh, hell? is it? That's not funny. It's you not di- funny.
2: You didn't see uh, my responding tweet to that, did you? Because that you the, agree with me? Yeah, for the first time ever. Um, when I finally turned it off, they were in the hotel room, and yeah. uh, David Letterman, uh, Chris, uh, what's his last name? Farley? No, David Letterman's old guy, Chris. Uh, anyway, he was in there, and he wouldn't leave. And that's where it, I, didn't, I hadn't laughed once, and I, I actually found it a little off-putting.
0: I thought it was about a C-minus effort by Hollywood. I, I don't understand it. In any event, give me more nature shows. Just give me more nature
2: I shows. I want a
3: bridge documentary.
2: So I, 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 I do. I do have a recommendation for you that I, I don't, well... My prediction is you probably won't last, but it's sweeping the country right now and it's really popular. So is Shit's Creek. And no, no, no. This is a, this is a documentary. He is
3: raving about this.
2: this by the this way, this is a documentary and it's super, super weird. It's called um, Tiger. What is it called? Tiger Shark. Tiger. Tiger King. Tiger King. Murder, mayhem, and madness. And it's about comp- that
0: sounds wonderful.
2: It's about competing people that have just to dumb it down big cat petting zoos but it's so 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 much more and it's really weird and I know how you don't like zoos and circuses and etc as far as the animal aspect I would I would invite you it's on Netflix just to watch the first episode and see where that takes you because Joe it gets weirder by the second
0: <laughs> yeah May I have the Ilhan Omar update oh, theme, please? Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. Representative Ilhan Omar last evening suggested what she admitted may, may be a radical idea to help fight the coronavirus outbreak. All private hospitals should be made public, she said. She said a government takeover could help address some of the pressures our healthcare system is facing. <clears throat> she offered no specifics on how the takeover of private property would be achieved, but critics on social media quickly reacted uh, that Omar's plan sounded like communism. Uh, and then they uh, we go on to see the other Twitter people who I'm not interested in citing, but I think this is a a, a terribly uh, transparent. <laughs> Uh, look into her worldview all right I'll be the dumb one here What what's a private hospital yeah, I,
2: I have to admit I don't
0: understand that either well St. Joseph's Hospital in downtown St. Paul is a private hospital it's what, not run by the government
3: but what's the difference I, I'm not trying to be an idiot I just don't know what the difference is between. okay the
0: the, the difference would be uh, uh anchor what used to be called anchor which is now what in St. Paul help me the, the big public hospital off the freeway in St. Paul. I'll look uh, it up. United or whatever it is. It's yeah. not United. It's
2: across the freeway, basically, from St. Joe's, if I remember right. Right, right, yeah. right,
0: right, right. My, my point is, that's government-run. Uh, St. Joe's is not.
3: Is it St. Paul Ramsey?
0: Yeah, Ramsey Hospital. Okay. That's a government hospital. And St. Joe's is not a government hospital. Oh. St. Oh. John's is not a government hospital. Boy. I did not know that those existed. I'm yeah, sorry. Nor for being did I. Dumb. I. Did you guys think all hospitals were... Uh, just
2: hospitals. Uh, yes.
0: How do you think this guy who owns the loons got so rich? That's a healthcare guy. They run hospitals. Yeah. There's but, a ton of private hospitals all over the country.
3: But I'm also sure that, you know, Tim Park Nicollet uh, started whatever. You know, that I, I didn't know that there was private hospitals. I'm sorry. You know, why
0: don't you just go sign up for Omar's campaign, huh? Why just bad, go help her? Not a bad idea. So you're missing the reason I brought this up. Got we, it. We just... It's her worldview that such things as private-owned entities should not exist. Uh, I think it's particularly ironic that she would call into play the government to take over the hospitals when it's the government who is failing in this current epidemic. Right. It's the government that can't deliver the supplies. It's the government that did not stockpile them. It's the government that's playing catch-up. And here she wants the government to run the operation, and I just brought that up as an Ilhan Omar update. Thank you, uh, thank uh-huh. you for
3: that. So, if you go Appreciate to the private that. hospital, does your does your insurance card work just like if you were to go to a regular hospital? That's right. Okay,
0: that's
2: oh, right. What's the difference then? Ask Joe. I don't know. He's going to yell at me. I know. <laughs> well, no. I, Joe, I just I had never heard that. I never had either. When, when you say private, I think like golf course. Yes, you know something private. Yes, a health club, places that keep Kenny out. Private. <laughs> Yeah, health clubs, exactly. Yeah. Hey, I, I got a club that's going to keep you out.
3: Hey, <laughs> Joe, uh, I don't know if you if you realize yeah, let's do it. just how bad uh, things have gotten with you know people being quarantined inside their own home. Yes. Uh, but Kenny stumbled upon a video that he just put on Twitter uh, huh? of, uh, about the coronavirus. I think you should take a quick listen.
4: All right. Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you A- quarantine with your wife and child or b, <laughs> b.
3: <laughs> whatever option
2: b is
0: do it, do
4: the, do it again do it again all right hang on hang on here we go because of coronavirus you are going to be quarantined but you have a choice do you a quarantine with your wife and child or b b <laughs>
2: That's almost as good as our donut video. Over Isn't the that the truth? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Don't care what
0: B is. I'm taking it, boys. Uh, as your mayor, I've uh, had to preside over many controversies here in the seat of Gumption County. You've got
2: a big one now, my friend.
0: I, uh, I, uh, I'm really in it with this. Uh, the name of the young oh baby. Oh my God! Yes, uh, Briar. Uh, let's hearken back to yesterday. I got the email from her grandfather, uh, Bruce Carlson. I, I said yesterday it's always a bit of an off-putting situation when you hear from the grandfather. And, of course, he was lobbying intently for approval of the name, and I, I have continued to give it to Duluth Double Foghorn, and I cannot believe what's weighing in. Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey... Uh, notes that all you have to know is that for justification they mentioned some B-list Hollywood people who also named their kid Briar and a fictional storybook character. Stick to your guns, Mayor. The next thing you know, these poor people will be considering Bud, Twig, Root, and Stump Uh-oh. when naming their future sibling. Oh, bud Grant. Bud Souchery. A uh, way to hold fast on the Briar name ruling. These attention grabbers need to know the beauty of the double Duluth pushing back in Iowa, Bruce Sodall, I'm getting somewhere, don't worry. Okay. Uh, Derek, Joe, I'm with you. There's no way in hell that I'm legitimizing a name based on a bleeping Disney character. Okay. Uh, These all seem to weigh in your favor, Joe. Well, not this one. Breyer Fisher writes, I've been listening to the show for many years.
3: I used to be a listener.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have missed the show the last two days, but my husband is currently playing the part of the show where you are getting flack for your ruling on the name Briar. I can't believe you have doubled Duluth my name. I, for obvious reasons, ask you to change your ruling. I'm a 48-year-old woman, wife and mother of four, and have been proud of my name for my whole life. I get nothing but compliments on such a unique name. My mother's only sibling had a roommate in college with the name, and when my mother heard it, she liked it so much she used it for me, her seventh child. If that does, if that does not convince you that Briar is not just some trendy millennial name, my husband, who is a former Marine infantry officer, stands ready to come down there and kick your ass. Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. We don't need such conflict in times like these. Reverse the ruling. Keep pushing back sincerely, Briar Fisher in Duluth. Well, I got to take a beating into account. (laughs) I guess. I got to take a beating into account. I I know I would. How
3: do we reverse the foghorn? foghorn?
0: Mike writes, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you. You." Joe, your heckling by the opponents of your ruling is all the more reason to stick to your guns and hold fast to your ruling. It is a sign of the modern times that if people don't have it their way, they throw a fit and explain why they should be an exception to the rules or norms. The fact is, the choosing of precious new names is a modern affectation of Karens and Brads who want to see the manager when things don't go their way. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Name name your kids, Bonnie or Rick, and there will be no problems. Mike in South Dakota. Uh, All right, and finally from Robert Grams, Briar appears to be a more popular name than Joe in Minnesota. In recent years, Briar appears to be a more popular name than Joe in Minnesota without, with, the, with about four in 10,000 births. This is according to the Star Tribune, how popular is your name in Minnesota? I am following your recent ruling with interest. Keep up the good work. Let me hearken back to the grandfather. I don't think he is the patriarch of a family that has done so, naming a child Briar, that has done so purely for getting attention for himself, the family, or the new arrival. Uh, They sound like grounded people who are merely civilly and politely asking that I reconsider Mm -hmm. my decision to Duluth double. Uh, That, and based on... Hearing from a number of briars, not the least of whom is married to a Marine infantry officer who will beat the crap out of me. Right. (laughs) I hereby reverse the ruling. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wow. Well, I applaud you. I know many GLers are really, really going to be disappointed in me. But they're not the one facing the physical threats. Right. Right. (laughs) So briar is approved. Uh, where's Seth? Uh, Bruce, I'm sorry, Bruce. I hope you're happy now. Briar Joy, Akaliza, Carlson I, is a, is approved.
2: I predict that we have not heard the last from the GLs.
0: Well, I'm sure that my my, uh, my critics, uh, of whom there are many, mm-hmm. <laughs> are going to uh, are going to be uh, weighing in and uh, letting me have what for, uh, because I uh, I reverse the ruling. And I know that I—that's very rare in GL to reverse rulings. The only other time we got in this much trouble was when we called for a, a garage door opener. Oh yes, when it was not appropriate. That was last year, wasn't it? No, it was about ten years ago. Uh, well, we got
2: in trouble last year. Mm-hmm. Because- oh, because of the live broadcast. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, Yeah, and some
2: of those people that disagree with you, Joe, are actually working on your own cabinet. Uh, They're there with you every day. Yeah, inside your own home. In the mayor's office. (laughs) Um, Well, you got that right. (laughs) Some in your own home, some uh, on your cabinet, in your office, and they only (laughs) see you during work hours. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, uh, For myself, I reject wholeheartedly the whole concept of okaying names. I think uh, you name that kid whatever you want. I couldn't care less. Yeah,
0: well, Kenny, you're late to the party in garage logic, and this goes back to Patrick and I. I know. Uh, uh, I was there. I exorcising I doodled. It really has its foundation in the disapproval of doodled names. And from a technical standpoint, you could look at the name Brier and say that is not doodled. Uh, it's not a doodled version of some other name.
2: Times they do a change, and uh, sometimes those changing times require people to change with
0: the times well you get your own show then and don't approve (laughs) names because i uh, name rulings are a crucial part of garage life.
3: what day of the fair are you and pat going to be doing
0: the baby walk by the way speaking baby walks have been out of commission now for quite some time got it got it safety and confidence in your car purchasing experience are at the utmost importance to the people at countryside volkswagen alfa romeo and fiat in maplewood the southeast quadrant of Highway 61 and 36. So what are they going to do to accommodate you? Take a virtual tour of any car at the dealership through their uh, three websites that display all the inventory. Schmelz, S-C-H-M-E-L-Z, SchmelzVW.com, com, .com, and SchmelzFiat.com. Where are they located? Maplewood, southeast Southeast quadrant quadrant. of Highway 61 and 36. I already said that. I love that you say quadrant. It makes yeah. me happy. <laughs> All right. Yo, you find something you like, they'll bring the car to your home for inspection and demonstration. And they got the handy wipes. Don't worry about that. They are going to wipe down those multicolored technicolor coronavirus germs that won't exist in your new car. All you'll get is the new car smell. They'll deliver it to you, take it for a test drive, ask questions. All financing and loans can be handled online or over the phone. Interest rates are low. It's really a buyer's market right now. Have you seen some of the car prices and some of the deals being offered? It's a buyer's market, including the 2020 Volkswagen Tiguan's and Atlas's. They're on the ground and ready to go. And Countryside, a multi-generational dealership. They don't own 50 stores. This is it. They're out to take care of you. Take a virtual tour on the websites. Find what you find interesting. The people at Countryside will bring it to you for inspection. Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of emotion in the country right now, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we found a woman from Chicago. Uh, she has been tweeted. She's driving her car, and she's got comments that uh, I think you all might find interesting.
5: Doing this the right way, but I just thought I'd let you all know. I went to Mariano's today minding my own business. And there were these women in line and I had a cart and I asked to excuse me. And because she was standing so close to everybody, I did this.
0: She put her coat over her mouth. She
5: proceeded to yell at me and tell me I was crazy. Uh, What was wrong with me? This is not a pandemic. This is a political hoax. And of course, she got my Southside Polish dander up which I should have just kept on walking. And I said, well, if you're not afraid, then why don't you uh, volunteer and go to China and take care of people? Oh, God damn it, why don't you, bitch? And I said, well, I would, except I have no money. Well, at that point I had to walk away because I thought about my daughter working at hospitals, trying to save lives with this pandemic. And I thought, you know, this woman has no idea that I'm almost 75, but I'm from Chicago. And I will gladly tap her on the shoulder and ask her to step outside and proceed to kick her bleach-blonde 50-year-old ass. That's all I got to say. God bless. Take care of yourself. This is a pandemic. Be careful. I love you all. Bye.
0: That's fantastic. It's It's not a political hoax. But there are still a lot of people that believe it. It's not a political hoax. People are dying. Is this now, thing? Is it the, worth fighting over, though? No, of course not.
3: But it, course has, not. it has it has one hundred percent turned into this political shell game.
0: What did we say two weeks ago? Yeah. What What will define us is how we behave. Yep. And the uh, bleach blonde fifty year old in front of this woman in line uh, was uh, apparently prepared not to behave. Now. I say people are dying, which proves to me it's not a hoax. And I can almost hear GLR saying, yes, but. And the but would be, well, people have died from car accidents and the flu and uh, falling off step ladders. And, and uh, what they might construe to be the hoax would be this overwhelming publicity this receives. But uh, uh, we're, we're seeing evidence uh, in Minnesota, for example, that social distancing is working. Yes. Can you Could
3: you imagine, Joe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I apologize, but if we hadn't taken these steps already, we're at 60, over 60,000 cases as we speak right now at just after noon on Wednesday and 807 deaths. If we hadn't taken these measures, what would those numbers be? Oh, my goodness.
0: I got an email from a friend of mine uh, this morning who said, uh, if 80% of Minnesotans are going to catch this why then don't we just forget this uh, staying at home why not just go by for 80 80 percent of us are going to get
2: this we've been over this i know o- I, I know i know
0: i know and the answer is uh we're trying to prevent uh an a flooding of the hospitals in a spike or isn't that isn't that the correct answer 100 if we if we just say oh the hell well that we're all going to get it anyway let's just go about our business fine but then 80 percent of the people might try to be get into a hospital at the same time mm-hmm. right now this distancing appears to be working there's been no spike in the curve i don't know how long it will last uh i'm, I'm at odds with a many great many glers on this but let me uh let me continue to uh, to read, here's Andrew Smith. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail Hail you. I've enjoyed the emails from Craig the last two days, and I also thought you have lacked some of your normal skepticism on this current issue. You and the gang have regularly said that experts like Dr. Fauci and Mike Osterholm don't have a bias. Yesterday, you specified that they don't have a political bias. I will accept that they don't have a political bias, but they do very much have a bias. They are experts in their specific medical fields and, as such, see things and recommend solutions from that perspective. Well, Andrew, their bias is to keep you alive. That's their bias. Yes. This as it should be because it's their job. As the adage says, if all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail. On the other hand, our elected officials should also have economic advisors to extrapolate the economic impact of the coronavirus and the measures taken or not taken to combat it. While it sounds crass to decide between life and livelihoods, it is ultimately what people need to do. Elected officials for the general population and individuals for themselves and their families. We already make these same decisions for other risks in our lives. I don't remember if it was on GL or one of the other podcasts I listened to, but last week someone made the point that even if the coronavirus disappeared tomorrow, there are already businesses that will not reopen. While experts and politicians can point to graphs and projected numbers of people that will have survived because of the measures taken by government, those numbers are abstract. It will be cold comfort to the business owner who loses their life's work when their business closes or the employees that are permanently laid off because the industry they work in shrinks by 50%. I fear for the future if we don't consider the economic ramifications, because the only way to provide the goods and services to fight this and future crises, along with the money to pay for everything, is a strong and vibrant economy. Keep pushing back Andrew Smith. Well, as we said yesterday, we're in the midst of a great national discussion. Mm Uh... Reeves, were you critical of uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick yesterday? I was. And I can't recall what you said. Uh,
3: The headline was that he... Would be amongst the elderly that was willing to sacrifice their lives in order to keep the economy strong. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the
0: direct quote in front of me. Uh, Craig uh, Bartlett writes, Joe, here is the actual quote from Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. I hope that Reavers actually took the time to read it and not just be part of the Twitter mob. Dan Patrick, living in fear is what's happening to this country. And you know, Tucker, no one reached out to me and said, as a senior citizen, are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren? And if that's the exchange, I'm all in. And that doesn't make me noble or brave or anything like that. I just think there are lots of grandparents out there in this country like me. I have six grandchildren that we all care about and what we love more than anything else are those children. And I want to live smart and see through this, but I don't want the whole country to be sacrificed. And that's what I see. Here's Dan Patrick again. Well, I, I
3: have it if you want me to play
0: the whole thing.
6: Oh, go ahead. Why What's am I reading to this country? And, you know, Tucker, no one reached out to me and said, uh, as a senior citizen, uh, are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren? And if that's the exchange, I'm all in. Um, And that doesn't make me noble or brave or anything like that. I just think there are lots of grandparents out there in this country like me. I have six grandchildren that what we all care about and what we love more than anything are those children. And I want to, you know, live smart and, uh, and and see through this. But I don't want the whole country to be sacrificed. Uh, And I and that's what I see. I've talked to hundreds of people, Tucker, and just in the last week and uh, making calls all the time. And and everyone says pretty much the same thing, that we can't lose our whole country. We're having an economic collapse. I'm also a small businessman. I understand it. And I talk with business people all the time, Tucker. And and I'm so my I'm just my heart is lifted tonight by what I heard the president say, because we can do more than you know, one thing at a time. We can do two things. So, you know, my message is that um, let's get back to work. Let's get back to living. Let's be smart about it. Uh, and those of us who are 70 plus, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves, but don't... All right. So I'm, I'm failing to understand what, how I misconstrued what you right, said.
0: I'm, I'm, not sure the, uh, I'm not sure either. Uh, but uh, this is a national discussion we've never had before. So that's he's, why, will,
2: he's willing to sacrifice himself. That's, that's, that's his saying.
0: that's his personal view. Well,
2: well I, I reject that.
0: Okay, I, you I'm, may. Yeah, I,
2: I don't think he but, should, and I don't think he should have but, that attitude.
3: And I want to go after the, the email that said I took words out of context. No, I didn't, because I got a few emails about the very same thing. Stop reading CNN headlines. First of all, this was a... a, a an interview being done on Tucker Carlson's show on Fox news. I don't know don't, what I misconstrued.
0: You you don't need to be that sensitive.
3: You're okay. No, no, no. I'm not being sensitive because he wasn't alone. Joe is, I guess my only point.
0: <laughs> well, let me see if I can find it. What did he say? Uh, it's Craig Bartlett. And he says, Joe, here's the actual quote from Texas. Uh, I hope that Reavers actually took the time to read it and not just be part of the Twitter mob. I guess he uh, took umbrage at what you said yesterday, and I don't remember what you said, so I wouldn't worry about it. And right. he I wouldn't w- worry
2: about and it. And this wasn't the only talk show where this this topic came up. It came up on numerous talk shows yeah. yesterday and today.
0: Joe, longtime listener, got hooked on you in 1994 as a nine-month resident of the Twin Cities. Would try and catch you in northern Iowa if signals allowed, and then came back daily when I found you online. I even got my 15 and 16 year old boys hooked on garage logic. So I say this with all respect. We find ourselves in a hell of a mess right now as a nation and a world due to the lack of transparency from China. I don't think anyone has a great handle on this virus. And let me say, I totally understand the fear of this thing that is running wild out there right now. Here in San Antonio, Texas, we've got half the folks, myself included, running around with seasonal allergies, eyes watering, coughing endlessly. And on top of that, we've had some infected people running around free range chicken as well. I get the lockdown, flatten the curve mindset. In a more perfect world, that's what I do too. But we're about to shut down our economic engine here. Sadly, most Americans, as well as our government, live outside their means, have too much debt and not enough savings to make 14 to 30 days, much less a couple of months. That's doubly true for most small businesses and even a lot of large ones. No one's business plan is set up to survive even 30 days of zero revenue. And that's the the boat a lot of them will be in here shortly. I think he means Texas. I don't say this out of personal fear. We're blessed enough to have job security with my family, uh, with my wife for a while anyway, savings and a few bills. My business is me and it has no debt. But even then, it won't matter if the rest of the country is living a Mad Max style economic system. Sure, America has faced economic slowdowns before, but this is an economic stop. The governor has papers floating around about cold starting an economy, but they are not about economies the size of ours. Getting Nicaragua or Argentina's economy cold started is hard enough, but it'd be like pull, us, pull starting a 5-horsepower Honda versus trying to start a 15L Cummins diesel compared to our comma, our economy. We take so much for granted, food at the store, hospitals with ERs, stock with medications and professionals, Amazon next day delivery of damn near anything. That all changes with economic collapse. And frankly, our already indebted government cannot fix this. We are already at 0% interest from the Fed. We're $23 trillion in debt and our $1 trillion stimulus gets each of us a grand. Uh, I don't think many of us will qualify for that, will we? A grand to Hell even, yes. Uh, well, yeah. no, I, I don't think I'm going to, which is, uh, that's my blessing, I guess. A grand to even uh, low-income people isn't much. For most people, it'll be a shot glass of water thrown on a house fire. We are sadly not our grandparents Americans. No one is putting on a suit to patiently waiting in a soup line. We're fighting over toilet paper, which I've not heard a single good argument for hoarding at this point, or $50 off a big-screen TV on Black Friday. What will people today do when they're hungry? You think your light rail lines in downtowns are dangerous now? Just wait. Mm -hmm. We need to force the older folks and those with medical issues already to lock down hard. Put everyone back to work and school and push through this disaster until treatment or immunization solutions are found and readily available. On that note, the most frustrating thing I've seen in the past seven days is the number of highly vulnerable people out and about. In the four to five times I've been out to retail locations, it's the 70-plus crowd that comprises 80% of the people out shopping, picking up mail, or just grabbing a bite. I'm not sure for, I'm sure for some it's overconfidence, for some it's apathy, but these are folks who'll fill up hospitals and ICUs. My own father, age 76, would probably be one of them if he hadn't just gotten out of the hospital for pneumonia eight days ago. And as I told him, keep your happy ass home. You may not care if you get this and die, but the ventilator you're on might be the one some 35-year-old needs who's susceptible to this virus and has three kids still at home. Thankfully, he agreed. God bless. Keep up the good fight and know that you have my unwavering support in the upcoming May oral election. And this uh, this is from Chad Meyer. But I think Chad contradicts himself. What do you mean? Uh, he is saying we need to force the older folks and those with medical issues already to lock down hard, put everyone back to work and school and push through. Then his next paragraph is, on that note, the most frustrating thing I've seen in the last seven days is the number of highly vulnerable people out and about. Uh, and then he goes on to say that he would uh, hope that his own father uh, would have surrendered a ventilator in order to, to uh, preserve the life of a 35-year-old. Well, Chad, it's the 35 year old. You want to go back out into the workforce and they are the ones that are going to get sick. Mm-hmm. I'm still, I, I'm still trying to develop the wisdom of Solomon here. I don't have the answer. I, I am starting to understand the concept of we can do two things at once. Does that make sense to anyone? Yes. How so we what can do be you mean?
3: vigilant and yeah,
0: I get what you're saying. Uh, As noted uh, uh, columnist as Thomas Friedman writes today, you can find his column in the Pioneer Press. He writes today that he is seeing the wisdom of doing two things at once. And right now he thinks run a horizontal plane and what he would advocate is a vertical plane, meaning he meaning the ones who are uh, suspected of being most susceptible uh, should not go back to work. They should be, in, uh, they should be uh, housebound and careful. They should be social distancing, while, while a great uh, percentage of Americans do return to work uh, and uh, because he, too, is among those. I'm paraphrasing him. Excuse me, Friedman. You're from St. Louis Park. I don't want the word to get out that I misquoted you. But uh, he is uh, beginning to sense that this country needs to do more than one thing. And the one thing we're doing now is fighting the virus. Is that, a, is that a fair statement? Yeah. That's the one thing we're doing by shutting things down, uh, staying in homes, practicing our social distance. It could very well develop that we're going to have to figure out how to do two things. And the second thing we're going to have to do is preserve the economy. Yeah. Well,
3: I think it's, it's fair to say that the three of us are doing just that. You know, you're staying at home, Joe. You're you're working from home, Kenny. No, st- no,
0: no. I'm at the mayor's sorry, office you above the boathouse okay. the East Shore of Spoon Lake. That's what I meant.
3: Yeah. Kenny and I continue to come in here, but the only place I go
0: is, is here. Is, is home. Is, is, yeah.
3: yeah. That's the only. That's that's my only chore right now. Is I come here, I go home. That's I, it. Uh,
2: I for my part, I'm having a panic attack right now. Why? Well, that this is just all doom and gloom. I mean, that last letter, uh, I started sweating as you were reading that. We're I don't I don't think Chad
0: is saying anything that's not
3: true uh and this just in from the Star Tribune governor Tim walls is ex- is expected to make an announcement at 2 p.m today mandating new statewide restrictions to slow the spread of the coronavirus and
0: aid has confirmed well we were going to reopen everything Friday March 27th I think that ain't <clears throat> happening that's not going to happen and that's interesting. So now, you know, the president says, well, that's open by Easter. Well, how do you that's, know Easter will be safe to open? That's, uh, yeah, We don't know. Well, that can we... be a goal, but you don't know if that's going to be a reality. Well, March 27th, Is, apparently, was a goal. Do yes. you
2: think some of this, the, the speak from the president, do you think it's cheerleading, in effect, that he's just trying to... To rally? Try, yeah, trying yeah. to rally, trying to keep us upbeat, trying to... You know, look to the future, and it's going to be okay. Because a lot of people are criticizing him for stuff. But you and, know what? And I'm just hearing it as cheerleading. I'll give him credit if that was his plan; it
3: worked. You know, the economy re- or the uh, the stock market rebounded a little bit yesterday. Well, that's
0: because of the stimulus package. But you know what yeah, I'm uh,
3: saying? If that yeah. was his intent, it worked. So, yeah. so credit to him for
2: doing so. Uh, uh yeah. yeah. It just, it, it just to me. <laughs> Come it, on,
3: Joe, I'm trying. To me, here. it
2: came off as optimism. You know, maybe falsely placed. Maybe he's not being honest with himself or honest with us, but it just seemed like cheerleading and optimism. I don't know. Uh, Joe. Frankly, I could use
0: some. (laughs) Yeah. You might not like this one. Oh, God. Joe, you're just, uh, and I'm reading emails because we have intelligent listeners. We have listeners all over the country, if not the world. Uh, We have listeners from all walks of life. Uh, these emails are an important way to keep the town of Garage Logic together, and uh, I, I thank you for them, uh, Joe. Your discussion regarding best policy for a nation confronted with COVID nineteen and balancing that with economic and social costs is fascinating. Perhaps I have a perspective with some value. Thirty five years in healthcare slants me strongly, based on experience and observation. I like to think I can maintain an open mind, but I believe complete impartiality is beyond human capability. This is one of my points. We all have bias, recognize or not. You have rightly explained that this issue has faced off on saving people or saving the economy as the extreme ends of opinion. Which of us can claim to see this with a clear, unbiased view? I would claim that what is needed in this situation is more on the order of wisdom than accuracy. Accuracy is asking for a bullseye when the target is obscured from our vision. The facts are incomplete and some may not even be true when all is known. We ask our leaders to act quickly and accurately with the information they are given. This, of course, leaves great latitude for second guessing, especially in hindsight. Wisdom is valued, even in uncertainty. A decision maker who is wise is always preferred. But that would also need the skill of leadership in order to be effective. Many would say that this contribution, this combination of wisdom and leadership has been lacking for quite some time among our political class. Bring this COVID-19, bring this to COVID-19. As I listen to Osterholm, I hear what sounds like wisdom and from Fauci, leadership. Then I hear other voices like your other emailers and seemingly facts are stated that might cause one to question the doctor's recommendation for handling this. What do I do? I struggle as you do. We need wise leaders. I believe there is one more trait that is needed for sanity to prevail. Trust. If we, the average, Amer- average Americans, do not trust that the decisions were made with pure intentions, using the best data and with the fairness for all, then naturally arguments will ensue. I don't think I need to point out that modern Americans, rightly or wrongly, are very stingy with trust. Joe, I heard you say several times, it's too soon. Give this distancing some time. That tells me you are willing to grant a level of trust, even in a time when others might not believe the decision makers are deserving of any trust. Good for you. I agree with that stance at this time. To do otherwise would undermine the national strategy and fulfill the prophecy that the leaders were wrong. Other emailers are asking you to be less trusting or more skeptical, which seems to have been your past nature. I suspect you will be that at a more convenient time when the stakes are not so high and we have more data. That said, I would provide this caution, which may be what your emailer was trying to point out. There doesn't seem to me to be any inherent difference in the physicians informing, informing this pandemic that should make them as a group any more trustworthy than the group of scientists pushing global warming. Perhaps in these two cases, the data that is available is more or less accurate, more or less known, more or less measurable, or even more or less assumed. That does not make the practitioners involved necessarily better, smarter, or more pure with their intentions. People are flawed and likely not often totally impartial. I am immersed in the healthcare field and observed many professionals over the years. I am proud and happy that as a rule, we are trusted and respected, but I can tell you there are more than a few individuals that would not garner my trust. I am sure that this is true in every profession. I can also report that the collegial viewpoint in medicine seems to be more left-leaning than I think you would find comfortable. That causes me to maintain a certain level of skepticism within my own profession. Finally, I am thankful for the decision makers we have, and I would not want their jobs at this time. I am following the current recommendations. As for wisdom, I put my trust in Proverbs nine ten: "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." Doctor Cop.
3: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm, I'm going back for the uh, a paragraph I wanted to repeat. Uh, it, this is the great national discussion. Do we stay or do we go now? To quote the clash. To quote the clash. Yeah. Did that ever make it into yesterday's synopsis? It did. Oh. Should we stay or should we go now? No, I. Should I? Should I stay should or should I, stay. I go now? That's yeah. it. Yeah.
2: If I go, <sighs> there will be trouble.
3: If I stay, <sighs> I think there will be double.
0: It'll be double.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Come on. And let me know, <laughs> should I stay, stay or, or should I, should I go?
0: go? Wish I knew the answer. Paul Harvey, good day. <laughs> uh, changes at Grunhoffers. Changes at Grunhoffers, but all for the best. Mm-hmm. All for the best. Business is going gangbusters. Spencer told his confidants. That Saturday, he sold seven hundred pounds of beef. Oh, oh,
3: oh! I have an did, email.
0: Did uh, you find out how many cows yes, that is? Yes.
3: Thank you to Doris Mold, Doris or Fair Lady. Uh, shoot! I had it. Keep, keep going. I'll find the email. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Well. Uh, All all Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo on Highway 61, north end of town in Hugo. You can call in your order now. You can go online, look at the menu. You call your order in advance, 651-426-2800. You can prepay over the phone. When you get there, Grunhofer's staff will place your order in your trunk, or it'll place it outside the door for you to pick up. They're going to take care of you. They've got a great staff. They're keeping the place as healthy as humanly possible. It always has been and always will be. And uh, you know what? You got to eat. And if you're going to be housebound, you might as well eat the best. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Steaks, chops, burgers, ham, bacon, smoked salmon, jerky, ribs, 130 different flavors of pork brats. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo on Highway 61. Call ahead, 651 426 2800 what was yes. this what was that what was that 651 2800 thank you I, Reeves I have the email uh this is for our dear friend Doris mold who is in charge of all our animal husbandry at the state Fair
3: dear mayor 700 pounds of beef retail equals roughly around 1.4 finished steer you wondered who you should ask huh How about the official GL Animal Wrangler? I have been enjoying the podcast. Wish there were more. Self-isolating on the back 40. All the best. Doris, the official GL Animal Wrangler.
0: Well, she's in the GL Hall of Fame, isn't she?
3: She well she wasn't she She a, received
0: a medal. She was the first recipient, was she not? No, 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 no. Marjorie was the first recipient. Oh, that's that's true. Yeah, but what? Doris was a recipient. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Garage Logic Hall of Fame. So, so one point
3: uh, four finished steers, what
0: Doris says. Well, and that all got chopped up at Spencer's. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take a short time out, folks? And we'll return.
4: Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores,
0: sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere.
2: Am I breathing heavy? Not right now, you're not. Such isn't with us, we don't know where he went, so we're just going to do this without him. But he's been riding me all week that I'm breathing too heavy. Uh... What was I going to do here? Oh, oh, GLers. So I, I was talking to a GLer friend of mine the other day on Monday, actually, Scott from Minnetonka, and he had stopped out to dkmags.com in New Brighton last week to check out and then purchase a Ruger Mark IV 22 caliber. It's a fun little firearm, a good little plinker. And uh, with that sale completed, he started kind of asking the guys at DK Mags about a carry-style semi-auto handgun that he could have some fun with at the range. Yeah, he's got his permit, but he really doesn't carry anyway. It's just a, a fun gun for the range. So they brought out a, a new one, a Glock Model 34 9mm, and Mark fell in love with it immediately immediately. And they're telling him all about it, and he finally got around to asking about the price. And I've got to say, it, it really wouldn't be fair to mention what the price was because it was ridiculously low. Uh, but I, I was shocked when I heard it. Needless to say, uh, Scott went home with two new firearms last week from DK Mags because, of, uh, let's face it, they gave him the GL price. Uh, He said the shop was pretty busy and they only allow a few customers in at the same time and everything in the store constantly being wiped down so it remains safe and fun. Uh, So, Oh, and I've got to tell you, if you're in the military or a veteran or if you're in law enforcement, guess what? You get another 5% off the already lowest prices in town. A gun shop run by GLers for GLers and all of our friends. So, if you have the notion, get to dkmags.com, Old Highway 8 up in New Brighton, or Monticello Pond and Gun up in Cello, and be sure to mention the secret password. You know the password? It's Garage Logic. I love these guys. dkmags.com. You're back, Suchi boy.
0: I am, and I have. Can you guys hear Wait a minute. Here we go. Can you guys hear me? Now yeah, we can. Yeah. Uh, two brits of breaking news. At 2 o'clock, uh, our governor, Walls, will announce that we have to shelter in place. Yep. Uh, beginning. Friday. Can you announce your source? Uh, yeah, every news site in the Twin Cities. Right. Right. All right. KSTP, Pioneer Press, you name it.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, second bit of news, I got this from a very trusted friend of mine who's a doctor, and it's been copied to uh, literally dozens and dozens of doctors, and it reads as follows. <clears throat> uh, I confirm the info below with my cousin Arash, who is the director of pulmonary department at the Harvard Medical School and Hospital. He has been treating... COVID-19 patients in ICU for the past two weeks and validated the accuracy of this information. Please send this to as many people as you can. This information might save lives. Stay home well and safe. And this is from a friend of mine who I've known for years. So I have absolutely no doubt that this is the straight deal. Uh, Information from Vienna's laboratory studying COVID-19 say vast majority of people who died had ibuprofen Advil in their system. Do not take it. Those who recovered did not take ibuprofen. So if you have symptoms, take paracetamol, acetaminophen, Tylenol only. It looks like this virus thrives on ibuprofen, so don't do it and tell everyone you can. Mm. Please pass this information on to everyone in your family, each family. I don't want to miss anyone, so share as much as you can or copy and paste. I just spoke with my friend who was a nurse uh, in Vancouver, and they just learned that Advil makes the virus 10 times worse. Oh, wow. Tylenol only for the time being. She said, Advil kickstarts the virus into pneumonia. She also said they are not releasing the correct number of cases on the news and they have patients coming in every day, some currently on ventilators. Soon they won't have enough room in the hospitals to treat patients and they will have to turn people away. They've canceled all surgeries to use the ORs for available ventilators, but it still won't be enough. She also said she found people in their 40s and 50s who were previously healthy to be on ventilators and having major difficulty breathing because they took Advil. Uh, also, four doctors of Vancouver General are now infected, and she said she has never seen her doctors so worried before. So please, no Advil. Got it. No Advil. I'm currently
2: on uh, Google looking
0: up As my friend, my, for my friend uh, Jim Giefer, who is a doctor.
3: Uh, I have a bit of breaking news. Yeah. We're going to talk to Mike Fratelloni right now. All right.
7: Hi, Michael. How you doing, guys?
0: Don't take any Advil, Mike.
7: Yeah, no kidding. That you, I haven't seen that anywhere else. That's new.
0: That's because you learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Tell me about it. Mm-hmm. That's all doctor stuff. That's not uh, coming off uh, a dark website. These are people I know and trust who have been communicating with each other. So, Michael,
3: 21 stores here in the metro. How are you guys adapting at this current time?
7: Well... About 50% of the time, my team is cleaning, uh, preparing for people to come in. Uh, the whole stores smell like bleach. We're, we're building sneeze guards in front of our registers, so there's a blocker between the cashier and the customers. Um, we're doing everything we can to keep our team and our customers incredibly, incredibly safe.
0: The best Do you have, do you have any idea what the shelter-in-place order will mean for your business? In every other
7: state that they've put in a shelter-in-place, Ace Hardware is open because it's always essential and it's forever helpful. So it it is deemed essential in every other state that there's a shelter-in-place, so we plan on being open.
0: All right. Well, hang in there, Michael, and don't take any Advil. I know you're a golfer and you probably get a lot of aches and pains. Don't take Advil.
7: You know, I'm glad you said that, and I'm going to stop taking Advil as of right this second.
0: So,
3: Mike, is there any truth to the rumor that I heard that you are actually openly rooting right now for about a 15-inch snowstorm to hit the Twin
7: (laughs)
0: Cities? No.
7: No. I I just don't think we could take it. I think people would freak. (laughs) I don't think we could either.
0: I don't think we could either. I don't I just, all
7: we uh, want to do is get our people in to buy the essential things they need. You know, you know now's not the time to go looking through the housewares department to find new stuff. It's come in, get your essentials, get home safe, shelter in place. let's get through this together.
0: Thank you, buddy. Thank, thank you, you guys. thanks Michael. There he goes. Thank God, I just got some great news okay Earth day will be will be okay oh, life
6: yeah,
3: thank goodness.
0: Earth Day Live will happen April 22nd, 23 and 24. It will include speakers, voter registration, protests against financial institutions that support the fossil fuel industry, (laughs) you hypocrites, and and entertainment. The event will be accessible on computers and mobile devices, all of which are made with petroleum products, by the way, uh, in the hopes that it will encourage engagement and action among people who are all secluded at home and who may have planned to march in Washington and other places. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. I wonder how they would have gotten to Washington if they lived in, say, Nebraska. Well, they probably walked. Yeah, because you can't use fossil fuels because you hypocrites can't, can't abide by mm-hmm. them. Uh, it's time to really think our strategy," said Katie Eder, the 20-year-old executive director of the Future Coalition, oh, I trust one of the, her. Yeah. yeah, one of the nine youth-led organizations that are coordinating the event. We're really looking at this as a way to reimagine what a social movement can look like in the digital age. Yeah, I'll tell you, <laughs> look like a little. The first Earth Day was the brainchild of Senator Gaylord Nelson. It was in 1970. Uh, while led by youth organizations, including the Sunrise Movement, Zero Hour, and Amazon Watch, the the uh, uh, it, it's intended to be intergenerational, with an eye on building on momentum for a massive global climate march. Oh, okay. Uh, you know what? Seventeen-year-old uh, Naina Argawalaharden? Hardin. <laughs> uh, it's also about building a society and economy that's going to take care of the people. You know, lady, uh, the Earth Day celebrations the least of your problems right now. That's the absolute least of your problems. Uh, We have... uh, So can I just say something? Of course. While you were reading that thing about
2: um, ibuprofen, right? Yeah. Uh, I I immediately started panicking because I uh, take aspirin every day, so I looked it up on a heart website, and uh, they're telling us heart patients to keep taking our medicine, including aspirin. And uh, that we are at high risk, and we shouldn't be screwing around with this at all.
0: No, at and, all. And aspirin was not mentioned in this admonition about Advil. Right, this is Advil,
2: right? And well, I, you know, I'm just like like I told you earlier. I'm busy having a panic attack today. Yeah,
0: you know. I mean, I know guys who take Advil by the handful. And I'm a, they, They've got to stop.
3: I, I am a regular Advil user, and I was also
2: told to stop a couple of days you're, you're ago. You're done. You're yeah, done. Fair. Yeah, and you're already a risk because of your asthma.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and that's why she told me to quit taking it. Jesus. I think this week we, uh, I don't want to say we stumbled on it. We arrived at uh, the conclusion that we realize how misguided the salon has been. Oh, I'll say. How everything they've advocated to signal their own virtue has proven to be directly opposite of what America needs. And to to corroborate that, it now develops that uh, beginning today, Metro Transit is drastically cutting service and limiting, limiting, the number of people on each conveyance right, only 10 passengers only 10 passengers allowed on a bus 15 con, uh, okay 10 passengers allowed on a 40 foot bus 15 on a 60 foot bus and 15 passengers on each light rail car right uh, uh, but this is what was sold to us as the answer to our future to save the earth so the young people could have Fine and happy Earth Days to celebrate. You morons got it completely wrong. There's also a very interesting piece that's not necessarily unrelated to this. It was on the Metro cover of today's Pioneer, I'm sorry, today's Star Tribune, and that is how there are certain communities around the Metro, exurban, Rosemont, for example, uh, that wish to expand the availability of lots for mobile homes. Because people find them a great alternative to more expensive housing, they are beginning to attract more and more seniors, and uh, attracting more and more people who innately understand that they don't want to be cooped up in a seventeen foot, uh, seventeen tall, seventeen story building in downtown Minneapolis, twenty feet from a, 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 a coughing neighbor. Yeah. it's not the way we want to live uh this This story goes on, of course, to say that uh, people object to them in their own uh, neighborhoods because they find them unsavory and they have a bad reputation and what have you. But the manufactured home industry is fighting that, and the the, the i'll I'll stay out of that end of it. What I found fascinating, uh given what we've been talking about this week is that uh, for example, I had no idea there was such a, a pent up demand. Uh, for people to live in manufactured housing,
2: right? I, I see you're following the new rule too, and I respect you for that. You're calling it manufactured housing because well, that's what they would prefer. They, they poo-poo a trailer. They don't like trailer. Well, isn't oh, there a sh- show re- called
0: Trailer Park Boys? Yeah.
2: Oh oh, 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 yes, there is. And they really don't like house with wheels or tin, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> tin shack or, or right. anything like that.
3: House with wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, I'm just. Uh, didn't Cuomo?
2: This morning, I'm glad you brought that up. Basically,
3: say the same thing.
2: I sent you a text, Joe, and I was really hoping that you would answer it uh, as soon as I sent it. Because when I sent you that text, and it was, Are you watching the Cuomo uh, press conference? He was addressing that very issue. He was actually doing the Brett Favre thing. He was asking himself questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions he asked himself was, How did we get to this? Why is New York leading the country in cases? And he goes, Well, I'll tell you why. It's because. We're jam-packed. We're elbow to elbow. You know This is how we live, and this is what caused it. And then he kind of, I think he might have realized that he was going against the party line, and Mm -hmm. he kind of backed up a little bit and said, and that's what makes us New Yorkers, and that's why we are the way we are. But he said it plain and clear. The reason that New York and New York City is leading uh, the the country is because it's
0: crowded. I have to engage in some... Reavers-like cynicism. Oh, okay. I, uh, I think highly of Andrew Cuomo. Uh, he's a dyed-in-the-wool lefty, but he's been a straight shooter on this. But you got to stop. The, the cynical part of me wants to stop and say, why do you think CNN is devoting an hour or more a day to the governor of a specific state? What is the governor of New York? And he's proven to be fun and well, entertaining and I, factual. I, I'm not done. I, I know. I'm why. not, done. I'm I know not why. done. I know why. I know why. Call on Kenny. me. Call on me. I don't want to call on you. I want you to be quiet. They're not having the governor of Idaho on every day. They're not having Tim Walls on every day. They're promoting this guy for president. They're, they're thinking now that he could come out of a brokered convention as the nominee. And CNN is, is aiding and abetting him. Is that what your answer was going to be, Kenny? You took Kenny? My, you took my answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what I you wanted. You
3: acted like <laughs> my <laughs> five year old when I took I, his toy. Now, what away. What a baby.
2: That's that's what a what baby. I, that's what I wanted to say, Joe.
3: But wouldn't okay, no, I'll be a cynic to your
2: cynicism. Yep. Yeah. yeah.
3: Obviously, they're putting them on because it's impacting the largest city in the country. Right, right. That's why they're putting but them on. I've
2: had the same thoughts that Such is having, and I... I think both answers are correct. That's true, yeah. They yeah. both can be right. Right. Because right. I've actually had You're those, welcome, Joe. I, I actually Thank had you. the same <laughs> thought myself, Such. I'm going, if these dum dums had their act together, this would be their guy and this guy could actually, you know, challenge President right. Trump.
0: Right, right. I, 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 I don't think I'm I think maybe even it's not cynicism. I think I've I think we're just seeing what might essentially be a fact. Now in Como's defense I don't think he's plotting this no. for a presidential run. No, yeah. I,
2: I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I,
0: I, I think he's behaving gubernatorially. He's out front. He's plain spoken. He's truthful. And uh, if and, and the and the country is so hungry for that, uh, that CNN senses that, and they're going to give him as much time as he wants every day. But the offshoot of that is it's becoming more and more evident that this is the kind of guy who should be president.
2: Right. And he's also on MSNBC. But what I've noticed, too, is he's not as harsh on his reactions to the president as virtually every other Democratic politician in the country is. Mm -hmm. He's a little more friendlier uh,
4: towards the president.
2: Well, case in point,
3: I have a little bit of that audio right here.
4: Because of coronavirus, you are going to be quarantined, but you have a choice. Do you, A, quarantine with your wife and child, or B, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's finish the Como thought. Uh, you say you think you, you think he's getting along with Trump. I think he's being terribly pragmatic, and he's smart enough not to get in a pissing match. Right, yeah. He right. needs the ventilators. Yep. He needs the stuff. Yep. And Trump has been foolish enough to say, "Well, it depends how we're treated." That's a horrible response. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's just a horrible, horrible response. But in any event, uh, as much as I uh, I like Father Andrew, uh, I, I do think that whether he whether he's be, I don't think he's behind it at all. Not at all. I think he's very busy being the governor of New York, but I think there are people working feverishly to get him behind cigar-filled uh, doors at the convention mm-hmm. and have him emerge as the nominee. No doubt. I really do.
2: Today was the first day I've actually seen him in his office because he's been out and about and at uh, the whatever center and warehouses and out with the people.
0: Want a couple beer stories? Do I ever. I want a couple beers. <laughs> Hello, Mayor. We both survived Hill High School. After that, I ended up at Northwest Airlines. You've talked to a buddy from there, Jerry Clawson, who served on a submarine. Also, he rebuilt his 1947 Harley a number of times. My beer story is about a guy who worked with us. His name is a classic story name, Larry Schemmelfinger. His handle at NWA was cookie. Larry would sell the communists nuclear secrets for any kind of cookie. Larry was a sub guy in the early 60s, quiet, calm, always smiling, great guy to work with at the airport. He met his future wife in Waterville, Minnesota. He was invited to dinner after leaving military service. As he tells the tale, she's from a very Catholic German family, straight-laced all the way. Sitting at dinner with his future in-laws, before dinner, he was quiet. Rather a shy, decent guy. Once the food began to serve, he had most of what he wanted, then he said, Pass me the effing potatoes. Oh,
2: no. What?
0: What? Larry said you could hear heartbeats it was so still. After an uneasy moment his future father-in-law said, "You heard the man. Pass him the effing potatoes." He was He was He was asked after dinner if he wanted an effing beer. He told us it was the best beer he ever had. That story was told 100 times a year for 40 years at Northwest (laughs) Airlines. He was the most unlikely man to ever say anything foul, not his style. Me, I'm boring. I just keep building hot rods. Thanks, Mayor Jim Johns. What a wonderful uh, story. Isn't that a wonderful story? Uh, You know what? There's probably more to it than we know. Uh, because given given this short description of the fellow, it doesn't seem likely that he would have suddenly become profane. There must have been something behind the scenes that maybe worked out with the future father-in-law. Sure. Some, that's, something. That's got to be it. Something. Yeah. This is, uh, is going to be my icebreaker to the family. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's great. Joe, I've been listening with great interest to G. Eller's Best Beer Stories. I also really liked your first and second phase explanation on how our nation will deal with this COVID virus setback. uh, As an aside, I believe we're still in phase one. Yesterday, I had to run to nearby Ely to deliver my buddy, who was a hardware store owner, some fresh smoked lake trout. As he had the assist on the catching of the trout last weekend, I felt he deserved a portion. Normally, we would meet at our favorite hometown bar, Zavril's, to complete such a transaction. Since Zavril's is now not an option, we met in the parking lot of his store after he locked up for the day. My pal's brother, who was a local plumber, soon joined us. The conversation soon turned to the current state of affairs and our lamentation of our inability to stop at the tavern for a beer. I suddenly remembered that I had earlier stopped to pick up some essential rations and promptly handed each of my friends a fresh, delicious old Milwaukee. We stood leaning on my pickup truck bed rails, observing the mandatory eight feet of separation and sipping our beers. We all agreed with Sid. Everything's going to be okay.
3: Everything's going to be just
0: fine. Except uh, old Milwaukee? Ooh. Don't they have craft beer at Ely? They, I think so. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, there's no accounting for taste. I'm seeing an update.
3: Uh, Mary Devine retweeted a gentleman that just put out the following... Grocery stores in Grand Marais are no longer allowing customers inside curbside orders only. I can cool. tell you what that
2: really means. There's too many
0: city it's up
2: there. Is that and, what it and is? They're afraid of them.
0: Kenny, yeah. they wouldn't be city They would be what? Uh, Covidiots. covid yeah, Covidiots. Thank you. Covidiots. Yeah. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. The best beer story is not my own, but belongs to my grandfather, a faithful GLer who passed away one spring day back in 2008. Like so many other hardworking kids from the Great Depression, he busted his butt every day just to make a buck and help his parents keep their farm located on the border of St. Paul and Roseville. That was all farm country back then. At the age of 12, he had acquired a flatbed truck for delivering 50 and 100 pound blocks of ice to homes and businesses in the area. It was in the 1930s, the days before refrigeration. One day while working his route, he unloaded 200 pounds of ice at a tavern on Rice Street. As he headed for the door, a stranger at the bar called him over and insisted on buying him a beer. Gramps hesitated, knowing there would be hell to pay if his devout Christian mother ever found out that he had partaken of the forbidden drink. After a little coaxing from the stranger, he gave in, downed the glass, and thanked the man. A few weeks later, the bartender asked him if he knew who that man was who bought him that beer. Gramps confessed that he did not know. The bartender told him it was none other than the famous gangster John Dillinger. Whoa!
3: The, the,
0: The reason he hadn't told Grandpa at the time was because he had sworn to protect the gangster's anonymity. He then went on to tell Gramps that Dillinger had just been shot and killed in Chicago the previous night. I feel that first drink was part of what made Grandpa the man he would become, a World War II hero, railroad foreman, husband of my grandma for 67 years, and also the strongest yet nicest guy you could ever meet. That first beer was followed by a lifetime of many others, but Gramps always insisted that none were ever as good as his first. Keep pushing back, fellas. The dawn is on the horizon. Andy from Anoka. John Dillinger.
2: So That's a story. Every time we get a cool story like that, we'll get 10 or 12 emails in the following weeks proving to us why that story was fake and made up and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say right here and now, if anybody ever disputes that story, you are 86 from Garage Logic for (laughs) life. Given
0: my knowledge of Dillinger...
2: He I was here. He was. I here. have no doubt. I can, That's a true story. I can drive you to the various places he lived around town, including I, a block away from where I lived in
0: uptown. Well, how about I can take you to a friend's house who lives on uh, Lincoln and and uh, Lexington, where there was a shootout. Yeah. With Dillinger. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't doubt that. Homer
2: uh, Van Meter died mm-hmm. right around where Sears is, uh, off of University, down by the Capitol. But I'm serious. That is the best first beer story i have ever heard and i don't want to hear anybody disputing it
0: bert says man you guys sure have a goodly number of smart listeners from montana which is cool i don't know what ratio of death to economic collapse we have to reach before things change that's above my pay grade however at some point we are going to reach a level of alcohol and isolation induced covidiacy (laughs) that will compel us to go back to work and normal activities. This may take a couple of weeks at least. For instance, around here, this longtime listener is in need of a haircut. Can't make the normal before-time trip to the barber. The barber won't cooperate and indeed thinks my gorgeous shock of gray is sexy. I may have to get the shears and head to the garage and give myself a canny. Yeah, I'm, con- I'm considering the purposely butchering it to go for the mental patient look, just to irritate the better half. See how this gets out of control. Be well, Bert. Oh, I love that. I love how
3: "give myself a canny" has taken on a new meaning.
2: By the way.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, because we all know what it used to mean. <laughs>
0: Stacy, the GL geologist, weighed in. Big quake in Russia. Big quake in Russia near the Aleutian Islands. Mm-hmm. How
2: come we haven't heard anything from Russia yet on
0: COVID? Yeah, you did today. Putin was all dressed up in a hazmat suit. Oh, was he? Yeah. I thought right.
3: he said he wasn't allowing it in Russia. They're not allowed. No. COVID's well, not they, allowed
0: here. They let it in. Nah. Uh, Michael Norgron writes, uh, your March 23rd GarageLogic podcast, Taking the Salon to Task, stating everything that they have pushed for is proving the exact opposite of what we need was one of your best ever I'd absolutely love it if a group of GLers went to the city commission meetings and one after another used their two-minute speaking time or whatever time limit for ordinary citizens to speak to play two minutes, then an additional two minutes, then an additional two minutes of your comments until the entire thing had been played out at the meeting in front of them. It would be satisfying to watch them have to listen to their list of now-proven nonsense that they tried to ram down our throats. Oh, I wish the GLers would do that. Uh, Let's see.
2: You know, the GLers pushed back in South Minneapolis when uh, we had a really cool old school super value grocery store on Minnehaha Parkway and Cedar Avenue. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. And uh, when the owners decided to sell and, you know, the typical city meeting, uh, public meetings happened and there was a number (laughs) of them. And those meetings were jam packed with GLers and citizens and residents saying, no, 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 don't do this. Guess what? They did it anyway. Yeah, they didn't listen to a single person. No, yeah. no. And, uh, and you know what's going up? The reason I brought it up—it's housing. Be, yeah, no, yeah, it's going to be high density, not enough parking—the typical deal. Uh,
0: uh, Mark wonders, Joe, do you find Governor Walls's press conferences boring to the point that they almost seem staged? I guess I would say no to that. I can't get one reporter in this town to ask my question. Governor Walz, you have almost $1.8 billion of overtax surplus of the citizens of Minnesota. Mm, yeah. When will you be distributing this to qualified taxpayers? My wife and I own rental property, nothing big, but we can't draw unemployment because we're self-employed. You won't allow me any leverage about tenants who don't pay rent. I heard you state small business loans, but what good does that do us? We have paid $28,000 in property tax for 2019. That doesn't include the $14,000 in LLC business tax for all tax, all of which we paid and you have, re- and you have received. So my next question is, what are you going to do for us? I think it's a great question. Let's get Tom
2: on the phone. Seriously. Let's take a break. Let's get Tom on the phone. He'll Tom. Have, Tom. Uh, um, downstairs. His name is Tom, right?
3: I have no idea who you're talking the about.
2: the hell
0: are you talking about? Oh, Christ.
2: Um, uh, Kenny needs a minute. <laughs>
0: Jeez, what kind of panic attack are you having? <laughs> who's who's the reporter that we always have? Hauser, no, Tom Hauser. Tom, okay, thank you. It is Tom. you are you're not going to reach him right now. Well, you can try. No, let's. We got to get him on because Here, he I'll will ask.
2: Him. That's that's a right really really good question.
6: Right. All and right. It's
2: not a kind of question you'd get from a zealot or. A far right wacko. That is a really, really good question. He's sitting on a budget. We have a budget. We need that money. I'm texting him right now.
0: All right, let's take a break, please. I have some errands to run.
4: Okay. He had me if you know what there. I mean. Yeah. I'm glad it's Tom. Hey, everybody. John Height here for my favorite place to eat in my neck of the woods, Mansetti's Pizza and Pasta. They're located at 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, just about a mile north of Highway 10 on Round Lake. And, yes, events going on mean you cannot get inside and sit in the dining area and eat, but you'll still be able to get yourself some of that great Mancetti's food. They are open for curbside pickup and delivery. They're offering delivery all day long. Just arrange a delivery spot, and they'll take care of the rest. You can get all the details on how to go about that uh, on their Facebook page, Mancetti's Facebook page, that is, of course. Uh, Don't forget about their home bakes. Those are tasty Mancetti's pizzas made in the restaurant, ready for you to just take them home, throw them in the oven. If you're going to be stuck in the house, why not eat the best food you can? Mancetti's wants you to know they are committed to helping curb the spread of the coronavirus, and they want to keep their loyal customers well and well-fed Mancetti's, thirty-six hundred three Round Lake Boulevard, right where Andover and Anoka meet.
2: Can't find.
3: <laughs> uh. Here's a man that can't find his email he just
2: read, Joe Suchere. No, it's not too early to be thinking about your yard. Yes, professional Yes, <laughs> professionalturf.com makes it super easy to have a beautiful uh, long. Hell. And I'm talking all season long from now until way down the road in the, at the end of fall. It's a click away GLers, professional turf.com. Results, like I just said, early spring to late. Fall, you will have the best lawn on the block. There's a period after every word there, just like we do on Twitter when we're really adamant. And if you're considering a landscape project or even installing or maintaining a sprinkler system, do it. ProfessionalTurf.com can help you out there too. The best lawn on the block, it's all yours. All you have to do is click on ProfessionalTurf.com.
3: Reavers. Mr. Hauser is on the line you found him. as requested because he does nothing but drop everything to support us and our needs here in Garage Logic. Nice,
0: Tom. What is the uh, governor going to announce? It to?
1: The governor is going. The governor is going to announce a shelter-in-place that will be not as expensive as what you're seeing in Wisconsin and some other states, but it will be. More extensive than what we have now will be beyond just bars, restaurants, schools. I don't know the exact nature of the other businesses that will be closed, but we're going to find that out at 2 o'clock. They're going to build this as more of a stay-at-home thing, if you will, instead of shelter-in-place. Right. urging people to stay at home.
0: Do you think you'll get an opportunity to ask him a question?
1: We will get an opportunity, not during his 2 o'clock address, but there's going to be a follow-up 3 o'clock where we can ask questions.
0: We just had a great email from a fellow uh, who, along with his wife, owns rental property rather modestly. They've paid uh, $28,000 in property taxes. They pay $14,000 for the LLC. And he wants to know if uh, the governor will use any of the surplus to help people like him.
1: In terms of uh, paying property
0: taxes? No, in terms of, uh, uh, I guess, in terms of uh, sending relief. them, yeah. sending them a check. Right? Relief,
2: just a relief check, Tom.
1: Well, in, in terms of small business owners, they they do have a new emergency loan program, uh, up to thirty-five thousand dollars, up to fifty percent of that can be forgivable. So that is that is a, a pretty significant package they're putting together that they've already had as of yesterday thousands of inquiries about. Uh, People have written to me asking about will they for their May property taxes will they be allowed to push those back and that is likely to be happening as well as long as well as the income tax uh, deadline that has been pushed back to July 15th. The state is trying to use every lever at its disposal uh, to help people Across all
0: walks of life. All right. Thank you, sir. We'll, we'll stay in touch. Okay,
1: Joe.
0: Thank you. There's bad connection. Well, he, uh, was, he was driving up from St. Peter. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan writes, Mayor, the squeaky chair honestly sounds like something piped in to make it sound like you are actually in a boathouse. <laughs> <laughs> while listening to yesterday's podcast, it came to me: the noise is the mayoral pontoon tugging at its moorin- moorings while the waves gently push it to and fro. I envision a cup of spoon lake blend in your hand, sitting in the boathouse, watching the sun wash down the west shore as the sun rises. Keep pushing back and social distancing, Jordan Wilcox. Well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he has that uh, image in his mind, and I also have a note that says. Uh, Listening this morning after my daily walk, uh, another thing along with age I share with the mayor to yesterday's podcast, A Couple of Thoughts. I have to take issue with Reaver's misunderstanding or misinterpretation of Texas Lieutenant Governor Patrick's comments in an interview. What I heard was a contemporary boomer explaining that the decision to gradually reopen our economy involves a risk, which he and I are willing to take. Hmm. The president has surrounded himself with the best medical advisors. If the pre-pandemic economy is any evidence, his economic advisors have some credibility as well. Mr. Patrick was not foolishly volunteering to die, but rather is willing with eyes wide open and still heeding the prudent measures for all of us at risk to consider opening the economy back up, considering the growing risks as it remains closed. And uh, also by now, you have heard assurances by both Dr. Fauci and the president that they have a good working relationship, pushing back an optimistic south of the river, Ian. All right. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Huh? What are you saying, Kenny? Goes Reavers, Kenny, Sush.
3: Oh, oh wait. I thought Kenny was uh, Kenny. I'm Reavers. sorry, yeah. Kenny
0: Reavers Sush.
2: I read that four million one hundred fifty-three and two hundred and thirty-seven people got married last year. Not to cause any trouble, but shouldn't that be an even number? Just saying. I find it ironic that the colors red, white,
3: and blue stand for freedom until they are flashing behind you. You're just saying.
0: When wearing a bikini, women reveal 90% of their body. Men are so polite, they only look at the covered parts. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying.
2: Relationships are a lot like algebra. Have you ever looked at your ex and wondered why?
0: (laughs) Just Just saying. saying.
3: America is a country which produces citizens who will cross the ocean to fight for democracy, but won't cross the street to vote. I'm
0: just saying. Just saying. You know that tingly little feeling you get when you love someone? That's your common sense, leaving your body. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. So I'm no, just I'm just, say- saying. just saying. I'm just saying. Just saying.
2: Did you know that dolphins are so smart that within a few weeks of captivity, they can train people to stand on the very edge of the pool and throw them fish? Well, that's just that. you just,
3: just saying. saying. Just saying. I don't know. You know. My Idiot. therapist says I have a preoccupation with vengeance. <laughs> well...
0: We'll see about that. (laughs) You're just saying. saying. I think my neighbor is stalking me as she's been Googling my name on her computer. I saw it through my telescope last (laughs) night. I'm just saying. I'm just just saying. saying. You know
2: what? Money talks, but all mine ever does is say goodbye.
3: (laughs) you're just saying. You know what? You're not fat. You're just easier to see.
0: Well, that's, well, that's, that's, that's I, perfect. I, I see what you're saying. Oh, oh my yeah. God,
3: that's awful.
0: If you think nobody cares whether you're alive, try missing a couple of payments. I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying. saying.
2: <laughs> you know, guys, I always wondered what the job application is like at Hooters. Do they just, like, give you a bra and say, here, fill this out? Well, you're just saying. <laughs> you're just saying. That's all I'm saying. My therapist said that my
3: narcissism causes me to misread social situations. I'm pretty sure she was just hitting on me. <laughs>
0: you're absolutely right. I know you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, my 60-year-old kindergarten reunion is coming up soon, and I'm worried about the 175 pounds I've gained since then. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. I'm just saying. I don't, I don't just don't saying. Just yeah. saying.
2: Denny's has a slogan. If it's your birthday, the meal is on us. If you're in Denny's and it's your birthday, your life sucks. Oh, you're just
3: saying, aren't That's you? all saying. I'm saying. Yeah. You know. Uh, the pharmacist asked me my birth
0: date again today.
3: I'm pretty sure she's going to get me something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just saying.
5: I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> Well, you know, the location of your mailbox shows you how far away from your house you can go in a robe before you start looking like a mental patient. I'm just saying. <laughs> just I'm just saying. saying. Yeah.
2: You should know that
0: one. Yeah, I got that one. You
2: know, I think it's pretty cool how Chinese people made a language entirely out of tattoos.
0: Well, that's fantastic. That's that's all you're just all saying. saying. That's all I'm
2: saying It's That's today. all you're saying. That's all... Money can't buy
3: happiness, but it sure does keep the kids in touch. Well, Joe. I'm saying, yep. Joe, yeah, sure, sure as hell <laughs> is true there,
0: isn't <laughs> it? You're saying, yeah. The reason Mayberry was so peaceful and quiet, because nobody was married. Andy, Aunt Bee, Barney, Floyd, Howard, Goober, Gomer, Sam, Ernest T. Bass, Helen, Thelma Lou, Clara, and of course Opie were all single. The only guy who was married was Otis, and he stayed drunk. Woo-hoo! I'm just
3: saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah?
0: That's
2: all nope. I'm saying. Nope. I'm just saying. That's all you're saying. Who do we thank for that? That was from? Uh, from
0: me, from Joe,
2: from, from Ron. Ron? Uh, uh, yeah. I, Ron. I got, from Ron.
0: Thank you, Ron. Uh, I got it. It's from Ron.
3: There we go. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Joe. Thanks, man.
0: <laughs> Uh, that one goes to the floor. There we go. You <laughs> yeah. won't be
2: able to find that in five and minutes. During the commercial yeah. break, I tried to convince Joe to have a very neat outbox, a place to put the emails after you've read them. That's so called you the can, floor. So you can save them for future yeah. reference. Yeah. Do
3: you have the backup chair like you do here in the podcast studio that uh, stacks up the red nope. material?
0: Nope. Uh, nope. I, see. Nope. I nope. see. Say the preseason Bintelli e-bike sale is on at EcoFund Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. It's on through April 4th. We're going to get through this. We're going to have a great e-bike riding season. All these bikes now are at the lowest price of the season, plus a free gift with every bike purchase to all GLers who mention the podcast. But here's the best deal. There's one year no interest financing and all electric bikes with approved credit. Here's the best part. They'll bring you the bike. You go online Pick out what you are interested in. You can do the payments over the phone. They'll bring it to you, and they'll do the final adjustments right there in your driveway. And if you're out and about this Saturday and you're you're of a mind, it depends, I suppose, what we're going to hear from our governor at 2 o'clock. But uh, every Saturday in March has been Bentelli Bike Demo Day. You'll have to pay attention to see if that's true this Saturday. But uh, don't worry about that. You can still go online, do your shopping, and uh, Tim and the gang at Ecofund will bring you your purchase. The selection right now is the best. I, uh, I have to be among those because, uh, as I've noted uh, earlier, my e-bike has been taken from me. Yep. And uh, it's been taken completely out of state. It's had thousands of miles put on it. And I, uh, I need to get another one. I want to go fat tire this time. If you... We'll have to, you know what? I'll we'll see how the economy plays out. But when it does, I'm going to be a client of Ecofund Motorsports again. If
3: you take a bike, an e-bike, across state lines, is that called bootlegging? Ah, uh,
0: not if you know the kid. <laughs> you know,
2: I've often maintained, and I saw this uh, proving true again yesterday, that the happiest people on the bike trails are the ones that aren't pedaling. And sure enough, <laughs> I saw a bunch of them yesterday pedaling their ass off, and they got the serious look in their face and sweat coming off the nose. Then I saw the guy in the parkway that wasn't touching the pedals, big, Whee! big, crap eaten <laughs> grin on his face. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. Joe, hello from, uh, that's com. What was that? Somebody fell down? Hail you. Hail you. Hail you. Joe, hello from Flyover Land. I live in one of the five Minnesota counties that is COVID-free. We've been practicing social distancing since our ancestors settled this land in the 1800s. Thanks for the voice of reason in this crazy time. Your listener stories of bad food brought back a memory from years ago. My dad loved to make homemade ice cream for our family. It was the only dish he knew how to make, but it was the best. The kids and grandkids were always eager to grab a bowl. One Sunday, he brought out the ice cream, and we dove in. After a few spoonfuls, we wondered why it tasted funny, but we couldn't place our fingers on it. Later that week, when my mom went to do the laundry, she figured it out. The jug of detergent had tipped over and dropped into the canister my dad used to mix the ice cream in. It wasn't tasty, but it sure as hell was clean. A favorite family memory, Rachel. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. All right, boys, I'll tell you what. Uh, It's supposed to rain. I got to get in. uh, You know, I walk every day. Yeah, it's. That will not be forbidden. You can't catch anything going for a walk.
2: You just cross the
3: street. Especially when people coming towards you say, I should be quarantined. And they go to the other side They're of the street.
2: There's Sousheret. Let's get across the street. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm doing the same thing, but we can do it now with impunity. Do what now? Well, you can. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll keep fighting the, natural, uh, the national conversation. Do I stay or do I go now?
2: I've got, uh, I've got good news for you, fellas. Tomorrow is Positive Thursday. Thanks to Schoonover Body Works and Glass in Shoreview. So we've got to keep it positive. Got got to have
0: our work cut out for us, man. That's your work cut out for you. All right,
3: fellas. GarageLogic.com. Please also don't forget to rate and review the show. We love getting feedback from all you GLers. We'll talk to you tomorrow.